I'm in the big leagues. Tony don't miss me. Ballin' like Houston. Ayy, feelin' like Whitney. I need a bag, bruh. Send it through quickly. I'm making his dog. Like I'm in the big leagues. Told him that I gotta go, dog. I'm riding a road, y'all. I think that I'm back in Yo, yo, yo. Good morning. Afternoon. Good afternoon. This is your boy James Woods the third. And this is your girl, Cook Don Juan, Cook the Thugger. Period. Welcome to the Good Seed Great Time Podcast, where we talk about real shit with real people. Cooks, how's your day going? Today is a day. It is Sunday mm-hmm. recording day, so it's been a real chill day. Definitely got off to a slower start because it <laughs> is Sunday. That's kind of a me day. So this is a great thing to do because this is definitely a me thing. Let's talk and get our ideas out there. Okay, yes, that's fair. What My, about you? Well, I mean, mm, it's been productive. Um, Salsa Bun. A friend of mine moved yesterday, so that was fun. Mm -hmm. And my arms feel like I was moving. Okay, all right, a little soreness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Realized how out of shape I really was. Mm, Mm. That'll do it. Yep, that's the thing. Yep. Um, But no, today's been great. I got up, I cooked a little something, something. Okay, Sunday. Um, Yeah, just that's my Sunday, Sunday, because I'm old. So that's I guess I'm getting older because I am definitely incorporating a lot of <laughs> normal tasks no. for Sunday and it's fun because it's just normal. That's how you know. That's yeah. how you know. Comes with age. Okay. But are uh, you guys welcome to season two of the Gucci Great Time podcast? Mar, mar, mar. Okay. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so last season. You know, it was the trial and error period, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, Learned a lot. Mm -hmm. Learned a a great deal of things not to do. Mm -hmm. A great deal of things that I should do more of. That's all that matters. How do you feel about how last season went? Mm, Last season was very much so a learning experience for me as well. It was my first time being part of a group ensemble. So that was really um, interesting because I do it in class or in school all the time. So Mm -hmm. now it's like, hey, how is it to work in a group? outside of school so Mm. that was very um cool i love the different dynamics that we all brought to the table um and also the topics some of the guests that you had last season were really influential learned a lot of things Mm -hmm. so um i was super here for it i'm just excited for what this season holds yes 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 it it was a lot of great content Mm -hmm. um on that last season um touching on topics of you know body shaming and Mm -hmm. and specific cultures and the rap community as far as it relates to the lgbtqia plus Mm -hmm. community um we touched on a lot of stuff like it got like really real Mm -hmm. it did it did but that is what we're all about (laughs) (laughs) be it real real so what have we got on the agenda today because y'all we switch things up a bit for just y'all. a bit, just, just a bit, okay. just the formatting. The formatting would be just a little bit differently, uh, different, but not really. Um, so we'll definitely always start off with a recap of last episode. That's why we gave you a recap of last season. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll definitely uh, reveal the topic and speak about some highlights of that topic, and that highlight will be a person or two. We'll bring people to the table, um, and we'll discuss them. Uh, we'll bring up some scenarios, and we'll close out with our final thoughts. But Overall, this, the, the formatting really didn't change much, but it kind of did. So you'll see. <laughs> you'll definitely be able to see as the show progresses. 
Okay, so uh, moving into the highlight segment. So you want to tell the people what we are talking about? Yeah, today so, so we definitely we're going to do the topic. And the topic for today is bah, 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 pew, pew, pew. communication. Uh, yes, yes, yes. So we definitely like to start off with our highlights where we highlight people um, who we in this situation think are great communicators. So we we're definitely going to start with James. Who do you think is a great communicator? Um, if I had to pick honestly and truthfully, one, because there's a lot of them mm-hmm. over like time and history and all that good stuff. But I would say Nelson Mandela for yeah. me. Mm, that's um, a really good one. Yeah. Uh, there's been so many um, artistic expressions mm-hmm. uh, telling his story. Right. I got a chance to go to Alvin Ely um, last month and one okay. of the pieces in the Revelation uh composure or I don't know the artistic word for it but but the show yeah mm -hmm. the show was um telling the story about Nelson Mandela and Wayne Mandela um Mm. and he was in jail um throughout the piece like it was super super dope um but he was considered the father of um modern South Africa Mm -hmm. and his he was an AIDS activist who ideally kind of tore down this oppressive government Mm -hmm. and destroyed uh, the apartheid. Mm -hmm. Um, Between, like, 1994 and 1999, Mm -hmm. um, he was the first president of South Africa, which I think was super dope. Right, because you would think that, whew, after all this time, I'd have a better one to to contribute. No. But, you know, mine doesn't stand up to yours, but I'm still going to say it. I'm still going (laughs) to say it. We here for it. My highlight (laughs) for this month is... I mean, for the, yeah, for this week is Claire Huxtable from the Cosby Show. I she feel like I want to sing a... the theme song, but I don't know it. <laughs> right, I was just gonna say, wait, is it worse? Is it worse? Because I I don't remember if there's worse to that theme song. That is a great point. <laughs> but Claire Huxtable, she was very assertive. Um, she always spoke her mind. Um, even when there was a misunderstanding, she knew how to communicate that without being. Uh, well, some will say she's a little over just overzealous, but um, in modern times, I would say she handled things perfectly. So for me, Claire Huxtable gets my highlight because I think she's a bomb communicator with okay. ch- with that many children. Your husband's a doctor. You're a lawyer. Is that what the Cosby Show was about? Yes. Oh wow. She was a lawyer. Her husband was a doctor who had a practice in his basements, but that ain't none of my business. <laughs> in the basement. Um, what was he practicing? Uh, oh. He was an OBGYN. Oh. Yeah. And it, that, that didn't age well. Adept. That definitely didn't nope, age well. Not at all. And it seems real shady now when they mm-hmm. play it back. But that that, that 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 does not have any damper on Claire Huxtable's shine. She okay. still is an outstanding <laughs> mother on television. And I'm pretty sure she's in when most black families top three black mothers. Okay. Uh, for sure. Okay. I, I feel like I've, I saw the Cosby show want me no three interesting. times interesting i like binged watches seriously a child. Is yeah, that like it was a it was like a special moment for like me and my grandma we watched them together really is that a thing like if i go back can i watch it now or because yes of, okay. surprisingly you can and that's what's so <laughs> honestly that's what's so shitty about the whole bill cosby thing is because the show is timeless okay the show is timeless the storylines you know, of course, they've gotten a bit old, but it's still a lesson to be learned. 
it it would take a little like literally a few tweaks to modernize it. Okay. But it's just got a real bad connotation because of the wrong <laughs> what was it named? Because if it was named the Huxtables, they bad. could probably oh, still probably. market it. Yeah. That. Because actually, there was no one in the show last name Cosby. Oh, so. Wait. Bill Cosby is the star, but his name was Heathcliff Huxtable. Heath, like the cat. Yeah. Okay, that's fab. Heathcliff Huxtable. So it was interesting that the show was not called the, Cl- the Huxtables. Huxtables. And I'm pretty sure they could still market it if but it they should make it a cartoon. Oh my God, that would be great. That would be so bad. Like the, oh, they could have did a different world cartoon too. Oh, they could have did a different world mm. cartoon. Is there a college cartoon? Right? I don't think, I don't think that's don't a college think. cartoon. <laughs> I don't think, think that's so. a great, especially okay. I know for a fact it's not an HBCU co- um, okay. cartoon. Hey, y'all better not steal our idea because we, uh, we just copyrighted it. Right, period. <laughs> period. Because at this point, you. we know how fast y'all move with the Harry Potter stuff. So <laughs> don't be coming for my ideas. That's the thing. Okay. Uh, but that was the highlights or the hi- our highlights for communication. Um, so as we dive into what communication is, I have a few questions that I wanted to ask and we will respond to, um, what, what makes a great communicator to you? Um, Ooh, so a, a great communicator is someone who knows how to actively listen Mm. because people listen to respond right and then they don't get the whole story they just pick out a, uh-huh. a piece of something like if i said oh i went to the store with kevin sean and mark and we got uh milk and then we went and fed some cats at the park the milk uh and only thing you heard was kevin mark and sean right and you don't know them <laughs> now and you stuck, right you stuck at the people that <laughs> i don't know because that's what i was gonna say i was gonna say um you still drank milk no. I'm stuck at the you still drunk milk, so okay, I ain't heard see, the whole that's... story because I'm like, you ain't switching this almond milk L- no. Take your stomach L- up at night. Listen, two <laughs> percent was the thing when I was like a teenager, yeah. but now I'm an oat milk type of person. Literally, no same transition. I did um like two percent until like maybe five or six years ago, and then I was just like, you know what? Can't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. I had to switch to almond milk, and then I found oat milk, and okay. that's where my heart lies. Because we old. That, mm, <laughs> not claiming that one. I'm not claiming that one. I guess for me, um, what makes a good communicator, uh, you all, I shouldn't let you go first because you be having all these nice, pristine, sophisticated-ass answers. Um, <laughs> what makes a good communicator to me, I guess, honestly, someone who knows how to, who knows when to speak up for themselves. Mm. Um, that whole picking your battles wisely, mm-hmm. I think that is a small but imperative pillar in communication like knowing when to speak up because Mm -hmm. some hills i'm not ready to die on yeah like literally we were just in a social work meeting and they were saying like we have too many goals we have too many outcomes i'm not willing to die on every one of these hills so i have to be mindful of what i'm putting as a priority what i'm advocating for um because having too many you're never going to get anything done yeah so for me yeah that's being mindful of when to speak up, when to bite your tongue, um, and how to speak up. Because I think that's legit, though. Um, only because I think about people, because I'm not a fighter. Mm-hmm. I've never been in a fight in my life. It's not, I don't give people that much energy. Right, right, right. Um, but it made me think about a friend of mine who is always ready to, like, go ham. Like, right. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I'm going to get hurt. Oh, yeah. no, she's going to get got. Or mm-hmm. whatever. Ready and it's to like, pop off. Yeah, and it's like, okay, 
then what? After you beat them up, are they now supposed to respect you? Exactly. Because you beat them up. Because it's giving. It's giving. I don't know how to communicate, mm. so that I'm so I'm going to turn physical. Right. Because I know how to communicate. Like I was it's probably a very piss poor example yet again, <laughs> but I'm just showing my true colors, I guess. Okay. Uh, I was watching Baddies West, oh, and um, Low London was having a conversation with Krishan, and it was a very adult conversation she was trying to have, and she was like, "All right, you don't communicate this way, so let me go wrap my hair up and put my clothes on so we can fight. Because if oh. this is the way you communicate, then we can do that. But I mm. need, I must have some communication with you. Okay. And if you don't know how to verbally communicate, okay, we can fight with our fist okay. but I don't think that was what she really wanted because Kashan walks batshit crazy but that's besides the point yeah um but Loka. that was it, it made a lot of sense to me because it was like I know how to use my words and obviously you don't so mm-hmm. this is the way you communicate fine I need to communicate with you and it makes me think about relationships where it leaves people to like go to domestic violence and, uh, and you know inter uh, intimate partner violence um because they don't know how to verbalize mm-hmm. what they feel, so they need to know something. So yeah. they're okay with putting hands on each other because yeah. if this is the way you communicate, right? I, this is how we're gonna have this conversation. That's real, cause I mean, I feel like even as as a person who communicates physically, negatively or or positively, whether it's you know, uh, good or bad, if someone was raised in that type of environment like our environmental uh contributors or the environmental factors um in our home in our friendships growing up like if that was like a thing if all you know mm-hmm. is fighting what, what people say the streets raised me right like i don't fault people for not that i'm for domestic violence right just a, a, a preface to, to the next statement i don't fault people who feel like they need to react to things Mm -hmm. because that's all they know. Yeah. But I feel like the bigger problem is that it is all that they know. Right. And there, there's definitely other ways to other ways to go by that. Okay. So next question, would you say that you are a good communicator based off of the definition you just gave? I mean, I'm a Virgo and people hate Virgos because they say that we think that we're perfectionists. Mm -hmm. But in this instance, I do think that I am a good communicator. Okay. Um, primarily because I don't talk a lot, so that allows me more time to listen to everybody else. And I'm a I I believe that I'm <laughs> <laughs> listen, I believe because I'm sure somebody out there is gonna be like, uh uh-uh, uh, that ain't a lion. Uh uh-uh, uh uh nope. Um I believe that I can be a very understanding person to a fault. So, it got to be super outlandish and super crazy for me to be like, no, that's that's not it. That's that's not right. You lying. Yeah. But even in like friendships, um, I try my best to communicate. You know when things are wrong or how I'm feeling. It might not be in that moment, which Mm -hmm. is probably a bad thing. Yeah. Um, but I feel like. You got to read the room. Mm-hmm. And if, you know, yeah, if Keisha mad and I'm mad, this might not be the best time to be exactly. like, Exactly. I would say, yeah, no, that's that's definitely a factor of good communicating, <laughs> like being able to read the room and know how to pick your battles. <laughs> like, I'm not really oh, down yes. this year. She mad, I'm mad. Yeah, let's let's do this. Okay, yep. Now's a great time to have a conversation. Right. Yeah, no, probably not. <laughs> probably not. 
That's a thing. Oh, <laughs> uh, I would say for me that I I'm wishy washy, transparent moment. I am probably wishy washy. Depending on how I feel when I wake up that morning dictates how good of a communicator I'm going to be. Okay. Um, and also the spaces that I visit that day. Like when I go to Nasum, mm-hmm. I am rather open. Okay. Um, somewhat of a good communicator. I probably don't follow up as much as I okay. should. Okay. Probably with okay. the people. Acknowledgement. Um, okay. yeah, like I. So, so many departments to go follow back up with. So that's the thing, working on that, for sure. Okay, mental notes right, mental, for tomorrow. Right, for sure, mental note. I don't follow up as much. But um, I would say it definitely depends on the environment. If it is a very closed environment, probably going to go with the environment. Um, but it also depends on what I'm doing. It's very circumstantial. I think my, like communi- yeah. Yeah. my communication is very circumstantial. But I would say that... Um, uh, what I brought up about being a good communicator is something that I don't think uh, changes or flexes much. I definitely am trying to be more mindful on um, the, the battles that I pick and what I advocate for out loud um, because some things I don't have enough knowledge about. And mm. if someone were to come up to me and confront me, could I be able to mm-hmm. uh, battle yeah. or be able to respond to everything? So that's what I keep in the back of my head. Um, so I would say that I'm a good communicator, but sometimes I'm, I'm better than other times, <laughs> for that, sure. That's what you described. Um, I think being being a, a versatile communicator, mm-hmm. <laughs> versatile communicator, <laughs> um, <laughs> I think is a great thing, honestly, because it what you described the way you do it is is you read all the rooms, mm-hmm. really. And depending on the room, depends on how you react. Because in my mind, I'd be like, okay, if I walk into a room and it's super quiet, mm-hmm. I'm not fitting to be the one to shake shit up. Yeah. Because then y'all go look at me like, why are you so loud? No, that's real. But that also makes me feel really bad to a certain extent. Um, Because like seven, maybe eight years ago, definitely would stop befriending people for that. For, for, that. for coming in being loud? No, for... um. Like not, well, I wouldn't say not necessarily not being able to read the room, but being able to be different in different rooms. That mm. would have been fake to me. That would have been fake to me. That would have been um, a bad use of code switching and mm. stuff like that. <laughs> but now I see that as being flexible okay. and adaptation okay. to your to your surroundings. Yeah. Um, but I, I, the reason why I said I felt bad is because I literally cut a friend off um, in undergrad because with whatever room she went in, she was a different person. Mm. And we did not appreciate that. And then also when she was around us, she was very similar. But when she was around other people, she did not have those characteristics anymore. Mm-hmm. So it was just like, mm, you're not being yourself. You just act like us when you were around us. And mm. I don't want to be your friend no more. And now I feel bad because she was honestly doing something that I do all the time now. Mm-hmm. And that's being that chameleon and mm-hmm. being able to adapt to the room mm-hmm. and being able to uh, not necessarily give people what they want, but in the field of service, giving people what they need, the support that they need, mm-hmm. um, meeting people where they are. Right. All of those things right. are helpful tools. And uh, now, and I was faulting people for that early on in life. So that was definitely something I had to take into consideration. I mean, I think, honestly, we all should have Oh, no, I can't tell you what to have. <laughs> <laughs> I, me, I, because I, I feel the same way, honestly, because mm-hmm. I feel like it's a fine line, right? Yeah. So you do have people that go into a room 
and be turned up when the people turned up mm-hmm. and you have people who change that when they go into mm-hmm. different rooms but in that same changing of rooms a lot of that is still who you are it's just yeah. different different parts of your exactly. personality and i feel like the people who still find a way to be themselves in yes. all those rooms mm-hmm. are the people that you're talking about yeah. but the fake people the ones that smile on your face yeah. all the time they want to take your place backstabbers <laughs> backstabbers <laughs> those people say fuck the line yeah and it's it's because it's hard to discern who's who without really getting to know the person and like knowing the person Mm -hmm. but the situation you described i think that's that's super dope um that you recognize it right because a lot of people don't and just be like no fuck them but the reality situation is you understood why they moved the way that they moved mm-hmm. um for sure and then it also came and um slapped me in the face because now we are uh spiritual accountability buddies mm, yeah because um she's on the same or a similar spiritual journey as i and um, a lot of my other friends aren't on that tip okay. uh, yet or will never be so it's cat i had to go back and eat mud because when i um posted on social media about accountability partner um she was like the one of the first people to respond so shout out to you Bree, because you've been a rock ass um accountability partner on the spiritual tip oh hey Bree. period right hey. so that's definitely a thing so the <laughs> next thing you guys that we're going to get into is talking about the communication style so i definitely want um there to be some underlying of psychoeducation in these podcasts just because we want to be helpful. Like, we're not just going to do a whole bunch of talking trash. We're definitely going to bring some enrichment, you okay. know, to everything. Okay. So, we are, this is coming from Princeton's articles. Oh, yes, yes. Period, boo. <laughs> um, understanding your communication style. So, it goes over the four communication styles, and those being passive communication, aggressive communication passive aggressive communication and assertive communication is what we all should achieve for Mm. so james what are your understandings or how do you categorize passive passive aggressive um aggressive and assertive communication Mm. i think it sounds real dumb okay so (laughs) here we go all right so passive Mm -hmm. communication to me, means like the person that goes along with anything. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, we went for dinner. Oh, whatever you want. Oh, what do you want? You know, for breakfast. I, am I hungry? Right. <laughs> um. Oh, whatever. Just the the, the yes person. Mm-hmm. Um. Passive aggressive. Um. Hmm. I would say. Maybe is it the yes person you know i'll go along with whatever you want but also the person they'd be like oh um i want whatever you want to eat and they say oh, i'm going to bojangles and they were like i don't want bojangles i yeah, want this mm-hmm. um that i don't know i i vaguely remember mm-hmm. but that's that's my guess i'm gonna lock that in okay final answer okay um <laughs> noted aggressive was the next one mm-hmm. aggressive would be the you know, the the driver um of, of the shit, you know, oh, we're going to dinner and we're going to Fogo de Chao. Never been to Fogo de Chao. I don't oh. really know anything about it, but that's okay. just the first thing that came to mind. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and the I guess the more domineering person yeah, right. in the situation. Um, past no, I did pass progressive. Oh, I think you left with assertive. assertive. Um, someone who can kind of toggle between both. They know how to be passive, but mm-hmm. are very articulate with getting across their wants yeah. uh, or needs mm-hmm. uh, in the situation. Yeah, and I'm gonna lock that one in. Okay. Am I gonna lock? Yeah, I'm gonna lock that one in. Okay, noted, noted. So I mean, nothing is nothing you said was just like okay, yeah, no hell no, Jane. That was my pass. Yeah, yeah, you definitely, you definitely <laughs> got a, you definitely got a passing grade on that one for sure. Um, you can put this one on the refrigerator for sure. Um, uh, now me roughly um, going over them. Assertive is the good one. Mm. <laughs> That's how I look at it. Assertive is the good one. Um, and the word that comes to mind when I think of assertive is a reciprocal. Okay. So whatever I'm giving out, I'm taking, um, and it is healthy. Okay. Now passive aggressive, um, it is like what you yeah like I definitely agree with what you said. Um, it comes off as uh, down for whatever, but it is very much so loaded and very influencing. So mm. it's some type of coercion in the <laughs> midst of you acting like you don't really care. But you, there is an expected okay, outcome you at the end of the my tire. Right. Um, aggressive is just outwardly um, the word itself, aggressive. <laughs> you just come off a little outlandish. Um, and then also passive, down for whatever. I'm really not being mindful of my own needs and desires, probably not speaking up for myself. Mm. Um, and for me, uh, when we talk about like which one would be worse, I honestly teeter-totter between passive-aggressive and passive because a lot of people say aggressive would be worse but in my head aggressive you still like i, I know what i'm working with mm-hmm. I, you're, you're you're being clear and concise mm-hmm. it's you're an asshole but i see that <laughs> clearly you're an asshole so if i move forward with this i'm making a conscious decision to move with an asshole um but if you are passive aggressive it's always some type of manipulation mm. and there's some type of do I got to read between the lines okay. here and it's just you know that's mentally draining it you know is. Okay. and then also uh passive sucks but at the end of the day it, it's a it's a pulls on my heartstrings because it's, it gives you're not speaking up for yourself yeah you're you're dimming your own light to stay uh acceptable in a sense um to someone else and i just don't get g with that i just don't get g yeah. with that i feel like passive people um it comes from something uh-huh. right um even through i know i'm gonna reference your your guy here mm-hmm. eric erickson okay period oh. because he's relevant <laughs> relevant but as we grow up and mature in age and pass through those stages of mm-hmm. development um communication is key and it starts uh-huh. when we're a child mm-hmm. and all like i said before the environmental aspects of things your home it could be like a lot of uh, biological mm-hmm. you know stuff happening a lot of psychological stuff happening at that age too because you're you're learning what's right and wrong right. and the the um what's the word positive reinforcement mm-hmm. uh, is one way to go but if you know you do something bad how are you being reprimanded how are you being punished yeah will that cause future trauma so that maybe when you say i don't want pizza i want chicken fingers right i love chicken fingers 
If you know you said as like a child, I don't want pizza, I want chicken chicken tenders and you got a whipping or you know, you got a whipping because you didn't want to go somewhere or you know, what have you, it, as an adult, you know, how however long of a duration of time it went on as a child, I feel like that may have, you know, ingrained in you the sense mm-hmm. that I can't speak up and yeah. say what I don't like or and that's what I real. Don't like. That's real. We have a lot of programming from our childhood that we have to uh, decondition because our parents, you know, we are learning that they didn't really know what they were doing. <laughs> they were just figuring it out. Oh, and listen. now we realize, baby, ain't no blueprint on how to be an adult. Our okay. parents was just doing a whole bunch of trial and okay. error. And some people was good at it and some of them wasn't. Yeah. You know, some of them probably should have reached out and got some support <laughs> from someone else, but they did not know okay. that that was a thing. For sure. So I have some scenarios. Oh, I love a scenario. Right? And I wanted to get what our responses would be okay. using our effective communication, our assertive tone okay. um, and actions. So first scenario, um, we're parents okay. and we're letting our child know at the age of 25 okay. that they're adopted. Oh, yes. Is so- there like an easier one? <laughs> <laughs> no, this has to be interesting. <laughs> Yeah. Oh. Okay. Oh. Wow. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Let's suck all the fun out of the room. Definitely did. <laughs> Hoover the fuck out of the fun in this room. Uh-huh. Yeah. So we. This is not a funny topic at all, you guys. It's just. I know I blindsided him. Oh. I know I did. Um. Okay. But yeah, we gotta because so. we gotta take James off his throne. He can't have all these sophisticated ass answers. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, parents letting a child know that they were adopted at the age of twenty five. Um, so a lot of times when I tackle tough situations, mm-hmm. I used uh, the strength based approach mm-hmm. to things. So, okay, love that, love that. Yeah, I I try to focus on the positives, even though I'm delivering negative mm-hmm, information. information um so in my, in my mind because obviously i don't have children yeah and i have no idea what that scenario feels like generally mm-hmm. so i don't have any kids either yep no mm-mm. i mean so if i if i had to choose i would say something along the lines of you know i would enforce the fact that your mom and i love you mm-hmm. Um, very much because you just feel like you have to say very much. Yeah, that's gotta like a say lot. whole lot, whole lot. Um, and kind of break down the scenario of how it of how it happened. You know, your mom and I love you very much. Mm-hmm. Um, but as adults, kind of going back to what you said, mm-hmm. as adults, sometimes people aren't necessarily ready to be parents mm-hmm. um, because they may not know how to, and they may not feel in the moment that they are able to provide the best life for their children. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would kind of proceed into um, your mom and I uh, have had plenty of experience, you know, in families and with our own family or whatever. And um, if we have kids, you know, raising a child and, <clears throat> there was a place in time okay. where okay, I'm stalling. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I was like, because I'm trying to, to the, think. We're getting wordy. Like, We're getting wordy. Okay, I'm trying to think. Okay, maybe I should have gave him the scenarios okay. beforehand. 
blindside. I feel like I'm a survivor. Um, but yeah. You're on Dr. Phil. Okay. So what's next? Your mom and I love this you. This is your intervention. Very much. The thing about, you know, sometimes people are raised to be parents. Sometimes people are not. Um, and just kind of let them know we took you in uh, at whatever age we took you mm-hmm. in. Um, because your parents didn't feel at the time that they could provide, you know, the life that we've provided for you and just kind of move into more positive reinforcement. Mm-hmm. Um, not placing the blame, I think, is important. Not uh, decreasing the value of his biological or birth parents. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. I definitely agree there. I think those key takeaways that you just ran through um, are good things to keep in mind. Um, I agree, honestly, with everything you said. Um, I would be mindful for me. I would add in, um, like, I guess biologically, I would need to let them know. So informing them that, hey, if anything ever came up with blood work or anything ever came up with you needing to find your um, biologicals, family's medical history, mm. things of that nature, um, I'll be mindful. I, I wanted you to know for that. Um, 25 is also the age where, you know, people tend to uh, have a family. Mm-hmm. So that family medical history is going to be somewhat important, especially when you're getting married and you're, you're about to have kids mm-hmm. and just that whole process of a family. Um, I think bringing it up is a thing. Um, I definitely make sure I'll let the child know that never knew when would be the right time. Uh, we are all adults at this point, and you know that me and your father weren't perfect. Um, definitely just trying to be mindful of the resetting of the boundaries. Like, you know how when you have a certain dynamic with your parents when you're a child, mm-hmm. but that dynamic fluctuates when you grow up. So just being mindful that, hey, um, we just need to be shoot it straight with you as adults right. and, and let you know this. We we definitely drop the ball. We understand that you may have issues with this and any questions that you have, you know, just, I guess really just being accountable mm. that we are on the shitty side of this. That's the word. Letting them know, hey, we know that we dropped the ball, but right. we're coming to you now. Because in my head on TV, them be all the questions. Why you waited so yes. long? Why now? And why you ain't say nothing? And all this other yeah. stuff. And I definitely didn't want it to be a case where the parents passed along. And mm. then you had to find out. And we didn't even come from this. Yeah. yeah that's just a whole situation in itself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I think that's said. a thing. Are the next ones, like, just as hard? Um, Possibly. Oh, possibly. Awesome. Um, So, well, I guess this next one isn't isn't as bad. Um. But I will say I'll try to take it off of you and I'll go first <laughs> oh, thank this time. You. Thank okay, you. so our second scenario is um, we are in informing our spouse okay. um, that we just lost our job. Okay, I would have got that one. Okay. okay. Nope, but I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just okay. saying I could have. Okay, noted, yeah, noted. No, okay, it. so if I had to inform my spouse that I lost my job, which is so freaking ironic, um, definitely have had to have this conversation a few mm. times, in all honesty, because I am a very much so millennial, and I ain't finna stay in a job. <laughs> they not, you know, hipped on my worth. So I've had to have this conversation. Um... I guess uh, I would definitely start the conversation of recalling moments where I've already come to them Mm -hmm. in distress Mm -hmm. about this job. Mm -hmm. Um, 
because honestly, having the communication open in the beginning of the relationship yeah. would be helpful. Because Hell if yeah. there's if you didn't even know I was having problems okay. at the job, now it's gonna be a situation. Well, where did you know all this came okay. from? What you what so happened? this whole time? You okay. know. Um. So informing them or recalling times where I've been in distress at this job, and then um, informing them of all the ways that I've tried to troubleshoot or mm-hmm. make things better, alleviate the issues for myself. Um, inform them of some of the barriers, and I'm when I'm saying inform them of some, so I'm I'm talking like bring up two scenarios. Okay, so two for each of Don't these. Go crazy. Yeah, because when you do too many, it get to sign like excuses, you know, <laughs> and then your partner gonna be like, yeah, go, they do okay, you yeah. sure it ain't you? Exactly, mm-hmm. especially because I know my partner have come from that uh, perspective a few times. He's like, you know, this is the fourth job this summer, um, <laughs> okay. so. But I'm I'm figuring it out. Hey, that's the thing. Um, but yeah, informing them of the uh, barriers that I had to go through, and then letting them know my game plan on what's next. I feel like when you are informing somebody, even if this was like my parents, or if I was younger, my parents, or if this was a friend or roommate mm-hmm. or whoever the situation was with, um, letting them know what's next gives people a lot of reassurance or confidence that you know what you're doing mm-hmm. because even if I my, I my partner knew nothing about the past the distress or my history at this job and I let them know well I have an interview this day or I plan to do this I'm mm-hmm. going to this event to um talk and network to these people mm-hmm. if I have steps already planned it sounds like okay this isn't just being impulsive mm-hmm. this is something you've thought out because you've really had issues here mm-hmm. so that's my answer all in all James what about you I mean I I've don't even really have anything to add. I think, like you said, having that open communication in the mm-hmm. beginning would make it easier to to share like that final blow. Yeah. Um, because it's like the build up. Like you knew that I was having troubles. You knew I was annoyed. You mm-hmm. knew all the stuff that was happening. So it's not a surprise, right? Like you did to me a few minutes ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but sorry, James. I'll let you know ahead of time next time. Noted. But um, no, I don't think I would. I would change anything, honestly. And I, I what you said. Lastly, um, is how I approach a lot of things in life. Like mm-hmm. if I have a problem and I need to go to somebody. I exhaust all options before I ask for help. So in this scenario, um, having those things pl- up, planned, uh, pl- uh, planned and set up together, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, having those things planned and set up um, to where you're already, you know, having interviews and looking mm-hmm. for jobs. Um, Next steps, people. Kind of, yeah, makes it softens the blow. Yeah. I guess a little bit because mm-hmm. it's like. You know, you don't have to have that moment where you're like, oh, my gosh, how are we going to pay the mortgage? Or Keisha got cello class and swimming lessons. Yeah, because honestly, when you tell people, like, just a key tip here, when you're telling people bad news, um, there are some people are are already are lord that Mm, one is fighting me huh (laughs) huh okay um they're already gonna have a solution focused approach they're gonna come up like batman hey so what do we do okay Mm -hmm. you need responses some people don't want to hear the problem Mm -hmm. over and over again and if you like i said if you give too many scenarios or you give too many um instances it gets to sounding like excuses Mm -hmm. um so 
you have already started on the plan. You've already started on the action. So it's like, okay, they don't really need me to do anything for them. This this is just them informing me on what's going on. And it kind of like lessens the blow. It, it eases the burden of, oh, shit, now we got to <laughs> go go back and work harder now. Okay. <laughs> so I think that's a thing. Okay. So last scenario. Okay. We are an employee. Okay. We are in a employee. That probably didn't come out no, right, but that's the and, thing. And mm-hmm. we are turning in our two-week notice. We turned in our two-week notice, and this is our first interaction um, with the person we turned our two-week notice in. Jesus Christ. Yep, so James, okay. you're first. Oh, so I have a slight short story. Okay, noted. I hate turning in two-week notice. Right, because it just seems stupid. It's but like, it's oh my gosh, they're going to hate me. <laughs> <laughs> you automatically think, oh, God, I'm going to be the outcast okay. for the next two weeks. Because I literally, a contract was ending, and I turned in my, well, I didn't even turn in my two-week notice because the contract was ending. But I told them that I started, I'm starting another job. And, like, the next day, they had cut off my key card access. Mm, I couldn't get into the building. See, yeah, they hate it They already. took all the shit off my desk. And that's why I think it's a setup. <laughs> it's a setup, low-key. Like, you want us to suffer in, in torment for two weeks. Yeah, that's no, that's like why crazy. I set up. Um, Transparent moment, never turned one in. Oh, Only seriously? turned in a week. Yep, I did oh, a week okay. notice one that's time. Worse, but also I, some... told, I emailed and said, "Hey, Friday, last day." Last. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but just to be mindful, I had already turned in four that never oh were God. respected. So oh I, I was like, God. you know, maybe I shorten the time. Okay. Back to your story. Oh, right. What was the question? <laughs> <laughs> The, the the scenario was an employee uh, we're an employee turning in our two week notice and this mm-hmm. is our first interaction mm-hmm. um with the person that we sent the email to. I mean me normally I act normal. Like I'm regular. I'm gonna come in and mm-hmm. I'm gonna continue to do what my normal day to day is. Mm-hmm. Um personally I work to close up any cases or start to close up any cases that are open. Mm-hmm. Um and move forward until my 14 days are up. Um, I have, because I think I've only, I've, I've turned in a few, because, uh, no, like maybe four. Mm-hmm. And there was only, was that a bad time? No, that wasn't bad. That's when they cut my key card off. <laughs> that was, so I, only, I really only had one instance mm-hmm. when it was, uh, worse than the key card situation, and um, and that's because they verbalized it. Oh God! And one would think that if I'm putting in my two weeks notice for another job, you've already understood that I wasn't happy or mm-hmm. unfulfilled where I was. But instead of you know counter offering or giving more you know responsibility, like whatever the case may be, to keep you, yeah, it was um, you know. People stopped talking to me right. at work, and you know I felt shunned. Mm-hmm. And then Outcast. I, yeah, I immediately felt like, well, shit, I can go today. Thank you for it easier. Yeah, th- thank you for making this transition easier right. for me. But um, on the realistic side of things, what I would tell people to do once they turned in their two weeks notice is to to go about your day to day. You know, don't don't start coming late to work. Don't right. start leaving early. Don't start slacking off mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, whatever job you're working needs you to do whatever it is you do at that job. Right. And you still got to have them on your resume. And, yeah. and some jobs call. 
Some jobs do. Some jobs don't care, but some jobs actually call. They really do. And when Miss Mike, uh, Miss Mike, no, what's a good name? When Miss Sharon mm-hmm. pick up that phone and be like, hey, this is Kelly calling from HR. We're just calling to do a reference check on James Woods. If I hit it, right. no, he was horrible. I went home, and then they, they, you don't know what they say. Exactly. They could say you I was know. selling chicken nuggets out the back door. I, I really hope they sold chicken nuggets where you worked. Okay. I, re- I just, my very first, first, first job, mm-hmm. I got, like, chicken sandwiches. It was really good. I didn't eat the bread, so it was, like, super weird. So it was just, mm-hmm. like, chicken fingers. Oh, okay. But it was fast. I was, like, 14. Oh, okay. I was going to say, James, you don't give me fast food. Mm-mm. So, yeah, nope. you give you definitely give me fast food <laughs> as an underage worker. Noted. Um, I guess for me, uh, I, I definitely agree with James said. And something that I felt like um, he said without saying is minimum motherfucking conversation after you turn in this two-week <laughs> notice. Like, you don't really got to be talking to these okay. people because they can make this situation very awkward really fast. <laughs> Uh, so I would say keep things light. Okay. Airy. Like pack light. Like there's a thing at this point. Like just be mindful to just, you ain't got to say too much. You ain't got to, you don't have to let, you need to let the partner know. Okay. What's on, next on the plan. But you may not have to let the people know who you're leaving this job. Because they may sabotage what's going on next if um they are upset about you leaving. Mm. So it really is. This one is kind of circumstantial just because um, it depends on the climate of the workplace environment. Was it already intense? Was it already uh, chaotic? And now that you're leaving, it's going to be even more chaotic because Mm -hmm. now people are going to blame you for that. Mm -hmm. Although you are just trying to care about yourself Mm -hmm. and and, and exit stage left and find your purpose and and not dread coming to work and and PTO and VTO and all that great stuff. So I think that is something very important um, in what James said um, in between the lines is minimum conversation. Hello. They ain't got to know too much. We ain't got to say too much. if you come in here talking like more than you normally do. Exactly. It's going to come come off. Yeah. Especially especially the place that we frequent mm -hmm. in the work environment. Mm -hmm. Um, If you come in there too piped up that you leave in, yeah, I'm probably going to stop talking to you because no one else shares that sentiment. So no one can relate. Nope. Now you're rubbing it in. Now you will be treated like an outcast because you're making Mm -hmm. yourself one, huh? Mm -hmm. Huh? You're making yourself the black to yourself. For sure. Uh, so, you guys, to close out today, we're going to wrap up with some final thoughts. James, what do you have any final thoughts for everyone? Um, I guess my final thought would be, as it relates to communication, I think it's important to not only understand how you communicate, mm-hmm. but to understand how the people you come in contact with communicate. Yes. Because that <clears throat> could reframe from you know, people bumping heads mm-hmm. because not, not everybody, well, nobody is the same, right. which also means that not one person that you come in contact with is, you know, guaranteed to have the same communication style that you do. Right. Um, I think it's important to remember that because people may communicate differently, it doesn't mean that they're wrong. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that their feelings and, and thought processes aren't valid um they just may not know how to convey that to you right um and just to be able to uh, be receptive and actively listen when engaging in conversation with people because body language is a thing Mm -hmm. um reading between the lines is a thing for people who may be 
passive aggressive and, yeah. and you just have to be, you know, aware of how people communicate so you can know how to engage in conversation. Okay. He loves being well thought out. I'm sorry. It It'd just be crazy. Came. I'm trying to throw new shit at him and he still be well thought out. <laughs> okay. <It's> okay. <laughs> that is definitely a thing. Um, so for my final thoughts, I'm going to reiterate something I said earlier and that's speaking up for yourself in all situations like um if you don't take up for you and speak up for you no one else will you literally set the tone so being mindful um of something else james said because i have at this point got to just rephrase or paraphrase <laughs> no. what he said. um being mindful of how you communicate and others communicate and everyone communicates differently and everyone you interact with is probably going to communicate differently um, so you're not fake mm -hmm. if you're adapting mm -hmm. to your communication and de de adapting to your environment, you are being less problematic. You mm -hmm. are being solution focused because I understand, you know, we are who we are, but as we grow and evolve, we have different layers. We have mm -hmm. different sides and being able to navigate those and interchange them is honestly the best way to be a thriving adult especially in networking fields because a lot of times it's not what you know it's who you know and if we know you to be a shitty communicator we gonna act like we don't know you <laughs> so be mindful of that for sure okay well thank y'all for listening to the good tea great time podcast again this is a place where we talk about real shit we're real people it's your boy james woods the third and it's your girl cook don juan and we out Bye. Bye. I'm in the big leagues. Tony don't miss me. Ballin' like Houston. Hey, feeling like Whitney. I need a bag, bruh. Send it through quickly. I'm making his dog. Like I'm in the big leagues. Told him that I gotta go, dog. I'm riding a road, y'all. I think that I'm back.